What's up, sports ballers? Welcome to the latest edition of Sports Ball. In this episode, we discuss the latest in NBA free agency, the ludicrous amount of home runs at the Home Run Derby, the World Cup final, and boy, oh boy, does Andrew have uh, what I like to call a doozy of an NASCAR nugget. Check it out. Hello, Cam. What's up, dude? Good evening. How are you? Uh, I am. I am all right. How are you? Uh, I cannot complain. Uh, we actually picked a perfect time to record tonight because uh, it is Wednesday night this week, and we have the Eldora Dirt Derby on tap tonight. I, I don't even know what that is. It is a uh, midweek truck race, NASCAR truck race, at this little dirt track in the middle of Ohio. Uh-huh. And it's quite a spectacle. <laughs> so this is working out. This is working out quite well because I will uh, finish our recording and then I will go uh, watch the dirt derby and maybe eat a bowl of ice cream. There you go. That sounds like a lovely uh, evening. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, uh, man, now I want ice cream. Why'd you have to say that? Uh, there's a. Uh... Establishment down the street that has half price shakes after eight. This is true. What's your what's your go to ice cream? Um. Well, uh, Quick Trip, you know, has the forty nine cent ice cream cones. Those are pretty tough to beat. However, if I have to go to uh, Sonic, I usually get like an Oreo shake. I'm not a huge Dairy Queen fan. That's fair. I just realized how many options we have for shakes and stuff in this town. It's a bit much. Yes. I'm uh, a I'm a mint chocolate chip man myself. Yeah, we bought um yeah, mint chocolate chips is always a good option. Um uh, during the winter, I don't think you can beat um uh, the the mint chocolate chip shakes from Chick-fil-A. Ooh. But those yeah. are a, a holiday special. But season the cookies and cream shake at Chick-fil-A is also top notch. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but yeah, here in town we have um, plenty of uh, ice cream options. Plus, you have like the shaved ice places. So, yeah, indeed. Oh, man, no, I'm I'm distracted by ice cream now. Anyways, um, I also like dipping dots at, at baseball games. <laughs> this is true. And I get them in a helmet. Seventeen dollars. Yep. But you get to keep the helmet, and that's the important thing. Right. All right. Uh, so, sports. Uh, real quick, I want to talk a bit a bit of NBA real quick. Uh, just a few notable things have happened since we last talked about free agent stuff. Um, you know, obviously, LeBron's in L.A. We talked about that. But it looks like Jabari Parker has signed a two-year deal with the Bulls, uh, which gives them, you know, another – Good, decently young piece, and then uh, the the drama with Kawhi Leonard is almost over. He's wanted out of San Antonio for a long time now, and the problem is, is he's not healthy, and uh, all the focus was on LeBron and where he was going to land and who was going to follow him and this, that, and the other thing. And it looks as though he has landed in Toronto of all places. Quite interesting. So that means DeMar DeRozan's now a spur. So that's good for him. Yeah. But 
I don't know, man. Toronto got rid of their coach. He's now the coach of the Detroit Pistons. And they got rid of their best player and signed a guy who still hasn't even passed a physical yet. Yeah, a little bit of an interesting move. But um, DeMar, DeMar DeRosa is the clear winner in all this because he's going to live somewhere with a uh, Whataburger. <laughs> so, but it also seems like Kawhi Leonard wants no part of Toronto either. So it looks like he went from being one place he didn't want to be to another place he didn't want to be. Where does he want to be? Uh, in L.A., it looks like, for either of the L.A. teams. So we shall see what happens. But I say the drama is almost over, but it's not quite done. He's on a new team, but we'll see if he, you know, pulls an NFL player and just doesn't show up to camp or, you know, if he just whines the whole time. I don't know. Pulls a – oh, what's what's his name? Who was the running back for Seattle? That just uh, – Marshawn Lynch. Marshawn Lynch, yeah. Just answered the same question – or every question with the same response. So, mm-hmm. anyway, so that's the latest on NBA stuff. Uh, I didn't want to spend a whole lot of time, but – Bulls got another young piece, and, and Kawhi is now in uh, Toronto. Uh, did you watch the Home Run Derby at all? I did. I watched uh, kind of bits and pieces. Kind of, can, can kind of get long and monotonous, but, um, but yeah, I enjoy the, the anticipation of it all. I think it's probably an event that's much better in person than it is on, even on TV, despite uh, you know how, how good it looks on TV. Yeah, it's uh, it, it does tend to drone on unless there's a bunch of nonsense going on with the guys that are batting. Um, yeah, the format changes in the last few years. I think it made it more exciting with the time rather than the outs. But mm-hmm. um, you, know, you, st- you still got three rounds to sit through. So I guess I didn't watch it. I just kind of – because I completely forgot it was All-Star, you know all-star break time and um i just saw the amount of home runs that were hit in this thing and it's absurd to me i may be misremembering the last few years but i feel like multiple dudes hitting 16 17 18 19 home runs around is crazy Right. So, um, actually, before they started, they actually did a little graphic about how much the home runs have increased since they went to the time versus the 10 outs that, you know, for years it was. And it, it has increased. Uh, I think I think it started in 15 was the first year, 15, 16, 17. So it's in its fourth year. And I think there were about, on average, about 120 home runs hit total. I believe there was even one year where there was close to 200 hit. Jeez. Um, but yeah, I mean, these guys get on a, a roll. Um, they can call the timeout uh, in their four-minute time. And then, um, you know, with the the the, the, the uh, technology they've got, they can instantly measure the, the distance. And so if one measures greater than 440, they get the 30-second bonus. Um, so some of these guys are getting four and a half minutes to hit. And I believe I read that um, in Bryce Harper's final, I don't know, 45, 50 seconds, he hit nine home runs. And there was a little bit of controversy because 
technically the, the ball you hit is supposed to land before you um take another uh, pitch. Yeah. And he he apparently wasn't doing that, but yeah, I mean I think um I think it's one of the better kind of skill challenges. I liked, you know, there was only one American League player, Alex Bregman. Uh, so I'd, I would have liked to have seen some more American League guys. I wish they could, you know, do it four and four. Um, but I, I think it's it's an it's an event that continues to to hold up. And I and I think that the the Major League Baseball All Star Game, I think it's the best of of the major All Star games because of the guys play the game at full speed still. Yeah, it is the only All Star game where defense is actually played. Yep, and they, and they are playing at a hundred percent. You know, they're not. If the NFL had their way with it and could change the MLB All Star game, they'd probably play it as slow pitch softball. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no joke. But so yeah, so like I said, I didn't actually watch it live. I just watched some of the videos, and so Bryce Harper obviously it was in Washington at his home park where he's played his whole career. This is most likely his last season there. Uh, and he was up against Kyle Schwarber in the finals, and he was down 18-9. to nine. And then he went deep, as you said, nine times in a span of ten swings. Yeah. And his dad, his dad was pitching for him, which is pretty cool. Who would, uh, who would you have pitch? Not my dad, that's for sure. He couldn't hit the broadside of a barn if he tried. <laughs> uh I don't know. That's a really good question. If I could bring back, like, um, I don't know, man. I'm trying to think. If I, like Randy Johnson, if I could get him to come out of retirement to pitch to me, that'd be kind of fun. Yeah, yeah that wouldn't be a bad idea to have a have an old timer. Uh, yeah, or like back John, and, like John it. Smoltz, uh, you know, a fellow yeah. Michigander. Yes, that'd be kind of fun. I'd <sighs> say I'd either have my brother or um, former Kansas City Royals baseball. First coach, whoa, whoa, whoa! Former Kansas City Royals first base coach Rusty Coons. Nice. Yes. Yeah. I mean, if I could have an active pitcher do it, I'd have Verlander. But you know, I don't know if that's allowed or not. Soon to be Daddy Justin Verlander. Oh, good for him. Yep. So that's really all I wanted to talk about for this. Is just like it was a crazy comeback, and you know cool that he got to do it in his hometown or his home his home stadium in front of the fans and you know anytime someone's down that much and comes back in such a fury it's you know it's always must see so i just thought it was neat and it was kind of bummed that i didn't get to watch it live because that would have been fun yep all right sir what else shall we discuss on this uh this this episode uh, there was a small international sporting event on Sunday afternoon. However, I did not watch because I was participating in a tennis tournament. You've seen so the I, game, though, right? No. What? No, I didn't. I didn't rewatch it. I I was traveling and I was watching some some Wimbledon final. The the men's final was that day, and it makes doubles. So I was watching that, and then I played the tennis tournament. We got on a boat. Shout out to my brother Alex. Um, yeah, so I, I mean, I what was the score four to two. I can't believe you didn't watch the game. No, I didn't watch it until Monday because um, I was working in the morning when the game was on, and then we were over friend's house that evening, and 
He goes, hey, did you see the world? And, like, he couldn't even finish the sentence before I just started covering my ears and screaming. Like, nope, don't say anything about it. I have not – I've avoided all social media. I have heard zero about this game. If you ruin this for me, I will kick you straight in your man parts as hard as I can because I do not want to wait four more years for another final. Do not ruin this for me. And it was cool. He didn't mention it anymore. Um, but, yeah, I watched it Monday, and um, – John Strong and uh, Stu Holden were the the two guys doing commentary. And yes, John, John Strong made a really interesting comment. He said, "This is the single most watched event for the entire world. There are more people around the world watching TV right now this one event than there will ever be for any other event in the next four years. More people watch the World Cup at the same time around this entire planet than any other thing." Yes, and I thought that is. Like it, it, when you think about it, like oh yeah, it's the world game. But when you realize this one game, this one you know ninety minute game is the most like universal thing on this planet. Like that's crazy to think about, right? Um, you know, and growing up in America, like as diehard soccer fans, like we're not very common here. Yeah, it's growing, and there are more of them now than there were when we were kids. But I mean, countries shut down when their team's in the final, you know? Right. So that was a really cool way to start the game for me. It's like, I know I'm watching it, you know, a day later, but like, I'm still a part of it. And like, holy cow, that's right. Like people in every single country that can get it somehow over satellite or antenna, whether, you know, or, or they're watching it, you know, stream live or or whatever. Like that's crazy. Millions and millions and millions and probably tens or hundreds of millions of people are watching this one thing at the same time. And I just, I just blew my mind. Yeah. Yeah, it makes like makes Super Bowl Sunday like pale in comparison. Oh yeah, because not many people outside of America care about that. Right, and the uh, World Cup final has no commercials. I know. Oh, it was amazing. Um, so it was a really good game. I mean, really good in the sense that like there was uh, it was hard fought, and there was an own goal and a penalty and. Um, you know, some spectacular plays and everything, but like it was one of those games where Croatia shot themselves in the foot so many times in the first half that it was obvious that France was going to win, even though France didn't play amazing. They played good enough. Um, like uh, Mandzukic got a known goal, and then uh, to go, you know, to go down one nothing. Then Ivan Perisic scored, and then Ivan Perisic gave up a penalty, which Griezmann con- con- uh, converted. So he scored a goal and gave up a goal. So that's a wash. Mandzukic gave up an own goal, and then later on, when they were down four to one, scored the second goal with twenty minutes left. So that's a wash. Um, it's just like really, like if you take away all the boneheaded giving teams goals. Uh, oh, and Mandzukic's goal that he scored, Hugo Lloris, the uh, French goalie tried to get really cute and Mandzukic was just pressing and he tried to push the ball. Uh, Mandzukic was running from the right to the left and Larice tried to go left to right and Mandzukic just stuck his foot out and put the ball right in the net. It was like the most, like you see like a high school freshman do that. Right. So, I mean, just the look on, on the goalie's face was just like, Oh my God, did that just happen? And it, it obviously it didn't wind up hurting them really at all. Cause they still won by two goals, but 
it's just like there were so many moments like that in the game where players just did really boneheaded things that makes you realize how much pressure they're under in a game yes. like that. Because like you don't see those mistakes, really. Giving up a penalty, sure. Uh, a really accidental own goal, okay, every once in a while. Like, just takes a freak bounce, you know? Um, but, like, that sort of mistake, it's like, oh, my gosh. Like, he's lucky that didn't cost them the World Cup, you know what I mean? And he didn't live in Central America. But overall, it was really, really exciting. Uh, I enjoyed the game. Uh, I, I kind of figured France was going to win. I thought Croatia's luck was was running well well dry uh, after their three games before that. But, man, it was it was a really good end to a really, really good World Cup, for sure. Absolutely. And uh, Pete the Prognosticator is uh, 1-0 in his picks. This is true. Man. Look. We'll have to find some some big football games for him to pick this fall. He seemed to enjoy. Just, he seemed to enjoy the opportunity to pick a game. He did, and he thought about it long and hard. He went to the France mm-hmm. ball, then he went to the Croatia ball, and then he went back to the France ball. So I might have to, you know, pitch him some some major life decisions for me, and and let him decide how I should, you know, proceed with my life. I think he'd be. Uh, I think he'd be thrilled. Now, um, the crazy part is when the World Cup comes back around in twenty twenty two. It will be played over late November, early December, which is going to be really weird. Yeah, I don't really. It's the whole, the whole Qatar thing is odd to me. It's very odd. Yeah, uh, there's there's an article uh, this week in the New York Times about the decline of um, soccer participation in the U.S. and and part of it has to do with. Um, the, the cost barriers for, for people to, to play, unfortunately. But I, I feel like, um, you know, these two World Cups are, are not going to help things um, in the States. Uh, I, I don't think it's going to hurt. It just isn't going to get that extra boost with the U.S. not being in it this year and then it it being played at a time where it's up against some, some big college football games, early college basketball, the NFL, in 2022 now who knows what the nfl will look like <laughs> but it, it kind of is an interesting thought if you think about all, all the momentum maybe the last 10 years that, that soccer's had in the u.s and, and now i mean this year and then in then 2022 i mean obviously the u.s i'm sure will will qualify and they'll get things straightened out um, well they better because we're hosting it in 2026 <laughs> right and then, yeah and then in, and then in eight years um you know, hopefully, yeah, hopefully the sport gets the booster shot it needs after um, after a rough stretch. But um, it, it'll be interesting, and I'm not sure the time difference. I don't think it'll be good. It'll be a lot harder to – I think it's a lot harder in December to stay up late or get up early when the, the sun's going down at 5 o'clock. But um, it, we're used to having it in, you know, June and July, and um, it's not up against a whole lot, but – from a American perspective, that's a that's a tough spot in the uh, the sports calendar. Yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens. Who knows? Like, there's so much time between now and then. Like, there's there's some twenty year old playing, you know, college soccer somewhere, that's you know going to be a main part of the team. 
right. in four years. And there's some high school kids somewhere that are going to be main parts of the team in eight years. Um, so there's just so much, so much time between now and then. Now, yes. of course, it'll fly by, you know. Um, I'll be 39 years old when we host the World Cup. That's terrifying. Yeah, I didn't think about it that way. Thanks, uh, Cam. My, my kid will be my kid will be almost ten. Holy crow! Okay, well, that but that better go slow. <laughs> that better go slow. Anyways, and by the time the twenty thirty four um, World Cup comes around, she'll be like ready for prom. Yo, I don't want to do that. Oh, I don't want to do that. Speaking of the, the, the sporting calendar, we are officially on the cusp of football season. Got a oh, few, we got a few media days going on right now. SEC is right now. ACC, I think, starts started today. Then next week, this is the Big Ten. And this is kind of like you know training camp begins for the NFL teams. And I believe... We're just two weeks away from the uh, first NFL preseason game. Now, those are pretty wretched to watch on TV, but... Yeah, this is true. But there's, we're, we're close. We're close to Jim Harbaugh sound bites. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I just can't wait because next week, next week someone's going to ask him about um, the proposed rule about declaring uh, an injury report. And I, I can't wait to hear his answer. Oh, he's going to beat around that bush as much as he can. Just like he beats around the injury report. Uh-huh. Yep. Absolutely. I, I, I think it's a little bit of Scott Frost. I, I don't know. I think the, the strength of the Big Ten, I have not anticipated a football season like like I am this year in a long, <laughs> long time. Well, I was I was talking with a buddy on Sunday night about this. He's uh, also a uh, Michigander and a big U of M fan. And he, his opinion is it's, it's all or nothing this year. Like we're either going to be really, really good or we're just going to have a bad season. And my concern with Michigan has always, I mean, ever since Denard Robinson has always been the quarterback play. Mm-hmm has always been the quarterback play. Like, had Wilton Spate stayed healthy last season, I think we'd have been better than we were. Um, but obviously that didn't happen. And that would have been, like, the first time we had a solid starter, uh, you know, since since Denard. Obviously much different. Um, but it's just it's just been quarterback play. And we got a – somehow we got Shea Patterson to transfer – from Ole Miss to Michigan, and he doesn't have to sit a year out. I don't know what they did. I hope it was all above board. Well, that that has to do with um, with all the the sanctions against Ole Miss, and that he I think he was misled in his recruiting um, to to Ole Miss. So, I, I think from Michigan's perspective, it was it was all above board. Well, and they had to go through like NCAA compliance to even get the the uh, forced year off wave so like it has to be it has to be above board because yeah. the NCAA signed off on it but you just you know Michigan's had such a squeaky clean reputation forever and I would hate for that to ever change yes. um, but anyways so like he's being compared to Johnny Menzel 
and that causes me some concern. And everything I read is he's compared to Menzel on the field and not off the field, which makes me feel better about it because, you know, in college, Johnny on the field was incredible. He won the Heisman. Like, right. d- dude could play. It was all the off-field antics that, you know, wound up biting him in the butt. And, you know, now he's in the CFL, um, you know, hopefully turning his life around because he's still a young man that has a lot of potential. But I just – I don't know, man. I just – until I see it – I'm nervous and I don't know what our running back situation is, but that's also been a problem is we haven't been able to run the ball convincingly. Um, the defense I'm not worried about. The defense is going to be just fine. It always has been. Even when Brady Hoke was there, our defense was top 10. Um, so yeah, like I, I am, I am just, I'm very cautious about having any expectations because frankly, I'm sick of losing to Michigan state and I'm sick of losing to Ohio state. Like I'm just, I'm done with it. It makes me so angry. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Like, it's not even a rivalry with Ohio State anymore. The only time we've beaten them in, like, the last seven years is when Luke Fickle was the coach, and they lost to everyone. Yep, they even lost to Nebraska that year. So that so, was a decent Nebraska team. And it's just like, yeah, most of the games have been kind of close, but when you're one in six or whatever we are in the last, like, seven years, that's not a rivalry anymore. It's not. No. And that just hurts to say. Yeah, Jim's got to find a way uh, in the next side to 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 knock Urban off for sure. Um, well, and this is going to get what, himself into a get himself into a Big Ten championship. Yeah, game. this is what his fourth season coming up. Yes. So every single person on the roster is his recruit now. Yes. He has no inherited players. There's no one on that team that he did not recruit. So it's put up or shut up time at this point. And at Michigan, that's beating Michigan State and that's beating Ohio State. And then that's beating whoever comes out of the other conference or the other division, which lately has been Wisconsin. You know, it might be Nebraska in a few years if Scott can do what he did down in Central Florida Mm -hmm. uh, in Lincoln. But I mean, like that other division's not that hasn't been that impressive lately. No, that's potential for it to be. But it's been it's been so heavy on. The Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State, Penn State side. Yes. The last few years. That's another team. Freaking Penn State. Where did they come from? James Franklin, man. What, yeah. freaking, what a coach. Yeah, the, the West is going to have a few more landmines in addition. I know Michigan's got crossover against Nebraska and Wisconsin. So, yeah, you you tack those on to Penn State, Michigan State, and Ohio State. And that's, that's five of your nine are not easy. And, I mean, you've got Maryland, you've got Rutgers in there, you've got Indiana. <laughs> yeah, uh, we we better win those all by at least two and a half touchdowns. Right. But uh, but yeah, it's I think the Big Ten is going to be as strong as as it's been in a long time. I mean, Purdue is on the upswing. I mean, they're they're still Purdue to a degree, but <laughs> uh, I, I don't think West Lafayette's going to be a place you want to go. And, and think that you're going to come out with an, an easy win. Iowa is Iowa. I mean, they could be 10 and 2, or they could be 7 and 5. And these, and one, they're, they're still going to play. Yeah, they'll still be, play everyone really tough. Right. Um, you know, Indiana, Indiana's not as bad as they used to be either. They actually play defense now. Right. I mean, yeah. It, and then you've got teams like Northwestern who, like, they won 10 games last year. Yeah. They're not a slouch either. It's really just like Illinois and um, 
like Minnesota that just are garbage right now. Yeah. And well, and Rutgers and, and Rutgers in Maryland too. Let's not. Yep. Be. But Maryland is they're they're building something over there. The uh, their head coach used to be Michigan's offensive coordinator. Um, so they're building something there, but it'll take time, I and mean, it's just not a football school, you know, in the historical sense. Right. We'll have a lot more football to talk about. Oh, I know. I'm excited. I kind of want to go play NCAA, but. That would require like me dusting off my PlayStation, and that probably isn't going to happen. You have to blow in the cartridge. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Get my duck hunt on. Well, uh, has your has your car race started yet? Um, it'll start here shortly. So, is it like a? Is it like an oval or? Yeah, it's like, I don't know. I don't know anything yeah. about racing trucks in the dirt. Turn on uh, Fox Sports One. I mean, it looks like it's just like a dirty. Dirty cement track, but it's uh, it's a dirt track and got people up on the hillside just hanging out in their lawn chairs watching. So um, here, I have a very serious question about this. Yes, and and how you answer this will determine whether or not I watch. Are they blaring the Tokyo Drift soundtrack the entire time? No. All right, I'm not watching. Well, you're missing out. This this is uh, arguably one of the most exciting races of the year. Are not all of the races on dirt? No. Okay, this... so so mo- the, most of the truck races are on concrete or asphalt or you know just whatever normal road crap. But they just randomly throw a dirt race in. Yes. That's that seems odd to me. Well, there, there's a movement. Um... There's a movement to to kind of reconfigure the NASCAR schedule and and maybe find a way to get the higher levels of because the truck racing is the lowest level of NASCAR so it's it's like double A essentially uh, they don't have as much horsepower and then you've got the um, nationwide series I believe is second tier so it's like triple A and then you've got um, Monster Energy Cup which is like major league so. Yeah, you're essentially watching like double A race tonight, um, but but there's a lot there's a movement to kind of fix fix the NASCAR schedule. There's too many stops at tracks that are identical to each other. Um, for example, they just ran in Chicago recently, and Chicago has the exact pretty much the exact same track as what we have here in Kansas. So um, they're they're trying to find ways to mix things up, and if they could run a Cup race on dirt, I think they would. But there's also thoughts, you know, the Arguably the most dead night on the sports calendar. I mean, there's there, the ESPYS are on. There's nothing. There's nothing happening tonight, and so really the only sporting event is the truck race. Well, why not run just a normal, a normal race, normal you know high level NASCAR race, whether it be on dirt or, or a regular track? So I don't know if this has kind of been a six year trial, but the the movement is swelling to to find a way to to make midweek racing a bigger thing because here in a few weeks on Saturdays and Sundays, NASCAR is now playing, you know, second and third fiddle behind football. Uh, yeah. So it, it, for a long, for, for several years now, there's as attendance and TV ratings have dropped. There's been a greater movement to find a way to, to make some alterations to the schedule. And this is one of them that, um, you know, give, give folks kind of a fun glimpse into the sport. Um, and, and take it back to a 
kind of its roots. You know, the the grassroots is where a lot of drivers learn. I think Tony Stewart's involved in the ownership of this track, so it's kind of fun to watch and and be entertained by. All right. Well, before we before we part ways, I do just want to play a little game with you. What would the equivalent of this be in other sports? Like if all of your soccer games were played in a grass pitch and then one night you were like, I don't know, playing on ice, like, cause it dirt and concrete while both, you know, technically drivable, um, very different. And I feel like it changes your approach, the way you set the car up, like all that stuff. And it just seems ludicrous to me that they just throw a random, like, we're just going to change the most important thing. So <laughs> how would this correlate to like, say basketball? Um, it'd be like if they said we're going to play an NBA game or uh, even like a D-League game, let's just say an NBA game, we're going to play it on a non-regulation size just park court with, you know, metal backboards, chain nets, concrete pad, and we'll, you know, we'll build the bleachers up around it. Or if they said, all right, we're going to take AAA baseball players, maybe have a few major leaguers make cameos, and we're going to have a backyard wiffle ball game and <laughs> put it on national television. I mean, that's – like, it's still what it is, and there's still high-level guys playing it. It's just in a different setting. Yeah. Those would be just... my – those would be my – my easiest comparisons. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just picturing one. like the Red Wings and the Blackhawks playing street hockey. Like that's what I'm picturing. <laughs> hey, might might do well on TV. Yeah, well, it's like it's like those winter classics where they play like in outdoor stadiums, you know. But instead of an ice rink, it's just like you know a parking lot. <laughs> or a just... real, or they play in a real pond. Exactly, with you know the threat of am I going to fall through at any point? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, thanks for indulging my curiosity there. No problem. All right. Well, you enjoy your race. I think uh, I'm going to play some Fortnite. Sounds good. I might All play right. some of that later, too. Well, if you're on, we shall play together. All right. Sounds good. All right. See you later. See ya.